Welcome, my friends, to Scrimey River, the MTG Advice Podcast. I'm Riley. I'm Dennis. And we're here to solve your problems. Get that, get that, get that horny guitar in there. It's episode 69, Dennis. The weed number. We made it. (laughs) Smart after dark. Smart after. Well, okay. I can promise people this. It'll be smart with the lights dimmed a little bit, at least. Ryan and I had debates about how much editing the questions in this week's episode needed. Like, we, we had to talk about exactly how dark it is going to get here. How, how, late, how late our bedtime is this time. I want to go back to teaching one day. Mm-hmm. I do, you know. And it's fine that, you know, sometimes, oh, sometimes there's an S word, sometimes there's an F word, even if we got Voxy on the show, but... Generally speaking, I don't think anything that, I, that, that I've said or done on this is going to get me fired. <laughs> right, but I, the, the like, O word is off limits. <laughs> yeah, I think exactly. Like talking, you know, if, if we get in any more graphic than, you know, terms like having carnal knowledge, Dennis. Like, oh, I, God, I think that sounds gonna, so much worse. It's than so just... much worse, right? It's so much worse. But I don't think that's like, a, a, you know, a school tribunal panel isn't going, they'll be grossed out, Dennis, but they're not going to be sending, sending me packing. So I mean, um, th- you say you say that there is going to be some packing and some school board talk in this episode. Oh, geez, there is too as well. Yes. Okay. Well, look forward to it, my friends, because this episode is chock a block full of your smutty questions and submissions. Um, we've been stockpiling some for episode sixty nine. We've had some recent uh, submissions as well because we've reached episode sixty nine. What a milestone, Dennis! Not one that is celebrated nearly enough by the podcast community. No, no. And here's the real question: Is how heavily do we celebrate episode one hundred thirty eight? Okay, because that's twice sixty nine. Double sixty nine. Double sixty nine. It's got to be twice as smutty, doesn't it? It's got to be twice as smutty. Maybe, maybe that's the one that becomes the secret forbidden hidden episode that you know we only release and that's the limited vinyl edition podcast. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We were editing the the questions and Roddy was like, I was fighting to keep certain words in and Roddy was fighting to take them out and he was like, look, if we keep these words in, this podcast will have to be deleted one day. And I was like, one one day you'll you'll be scrolling through your favorite podcast pipe and it will be episode, it'll be episode, you know, 68 with the Lords of Limited. It'll be episode 70 and there won't be any, uh, there'll be no explanations of why an episode's missing. So, um. Let's see. Let's see just how many words that Dennis says that I have to bleep out just for the sake of, I mean, not only my future career, but also just, you know, our ears and our teeth so they don't shatter when we cringe so hard when Dennis says All the right. word org. Uh, 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 nah. okay. You couldn't even get through it. <laughs> no, I'm actually not. I mean, you know me very well. I'm not squeamish about that sort of stuff. I no, I, I wouldn't say you're particularly repressed in real life. No, no. Not, not very much at all. But um, uh, yeah, no, you know, I, I, <laughs> I'll be as prudish as it takes if it makes sure that I'm going to, you know, be able to land a cushy teaching job to see out my uh, twilight years. Mm. Anyway, Dennis, before we get down to business business mm, so to speak um we do have some actual cold hard business to account for here as opposed um, to all of our hot soft business later hot on. Soft business well that's it we're doing the cold hard business now hot soft business later first mm-hmm. of all channel the coldest and the hardest business gets done there um, your place to go and buy and sell magic cards. Dennis, what have we got going on at the moment? We've got uh, we still got box breaks kicking off. I'm box breaks are popping off, man. But, you know, you, yeah, yeah, you should. You, they're, they're good fun. Mm. Uh, you know what's interesting, Randy? Go on. The big thing this week, mm. Shining Fates. A, po- a Pocket Monsters product. Shining Fates for the popular children's card game Pocket Monsters. Correct. 
Shining Fates releases at the end of this week. And yeah. it's your you right, you play a bunch of Pokemon, right? I have, yes. They put shinies on cards. I mean they've done that before. This is not breaking new territory. But they're like fancy etched foils. Dennis, tell me more about these fancy etched foils. This is I'm I'm getting dangerously close to being dishonesty. I hate foils. <laughs> so, really? Sorry, I know I have to do the big ad and say, oh maybe Pokemon foils are great, but no, I don't like foils at all. You don't like you don't like foils. You don't like, I don't you, don't, like foils, you, you don't like a nice a, a couple of Pringles with your with your. I, I, I don't uh, you know I don't prefer I don't like to be able to use my magic cards as mirrors to be able to see around curved corners. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no. But right is right. We got boxes. Let's check. I'm going to check real quick if there's anything spicy in the box breaks world this week because I think we we opened some of the dark last week and got a blood moon. That was pretty good. Oh really? Mm. Mm-hmm. A dark blood moon. Dark Blood Moon, not just any of them. The oh, darkest st- of all. We still have some legends going. Oh, Urza's Saga. What's good oh. in Urza's Saga? Um, probably. I mean, all the the thing is like this is this is that thing whenever like um, whenever you end up meeting someone who's like I've got old cards. The first thing is like, there has to be something that's worth a lot, right? Just because just because they're old, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah here they are. <laughs> so what have we got in Urza's Saga? What well, on demand? So on demand, we've already sold three of these breaks. Right? We have three packs of Urza's Saga. Yeah, and it's one hundred and thirty dollars for a slot. So it's not what? cheap as chips. Yeah. Okay, I'm, get- I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look up what's in Urza's Saga. Well, I, is- I can. Can you guess? Because I have the list here. I've got no idea, dude. All of those old ones are just, they're all indistinguishable. They're all indistinguishable to me. So the all big hit, the big hit is Gaia's yeah. Cradle. Is Gaia's Cradle. Ooh, Gaia's Cradle. Yes, okay. Oh, I've got, I've got the list up in here in, in yeah. front of me now. Yeah. Gilded, Gilded Drake. Drake, 450 or so. Yep. Sarah's Sanctum, Yorgmoth's Will, Time Spiral. Talarian Academy. Some Jeez, good cards in here, right. Bront. Exploration as well. Great Whale. Dennis, don't tell me Great Whale's in the set. Tower. <laughs> oh, Old Khan as well. Sneak Attack. Carpet so, of Flowers. Show and Tell. Smokestack. There's some good stuff in here. Seven groups. Black, yep. blue, green, red, white, artifact and land. So just mm-hmm. all the colors, artifact and land. Yeah, you want land. You want land there, yeah, you? we definitely want land. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 130 bucks for your your slice of three packs of versus second. That's pretty spicy. Yeah. Get a guy's cradle, mate, and you're laughing. You're laughing all the way to the bank. That um, is pretty spicy. But Dennis, let me tell you, that's small potatoes. Mm-hmm. Talk uh, compared to the sponsorship announce a uh, sponsorship agreement that we are pleased to announce has been approved. We're in by both sides. We are in. We are in. Um, now, though, for just a quick recap, Maddie and Hal, a. Um, uh, a, a walling I, I forget what the exact term for them is because we stuff that up. they're not dry wallers they're dry stone wallers that's right mm-hmm. dry stone wallers right uh, from uh, Yorkshire got in touch and made us a, a reasonable uh, sponsorship of it Dennis didn't love it and so instead threatened to read out the details of competitors every week until they came to the table with a better offer Mm-hmm. Uh, which has now happened, and we've had some correspondence from Maddie and Hal here, and I'll read it to you now, Dennis. Greetings. We hope this finds you both well and in good spirits. certainly does. I'm happy to confirm that after running your offer past the marketing department, picture attached, um, Dennis, I don't think you've seen the picture of the marketing department. I have department, not. Have you? Can you show me? Uh, I've, so I have shown Dennis the, the email, the text of it, but Dennis, I'm going. we're going to get a live reaction, Dennis. I'm going to share my screen with you here, mm-hmm. and we're going to get a live reaction of Dennis's, uh, for Dennis's uh, response of the, uh, a picture of the marketing department. Dennis, are you ready? Here it is. I'm ready. I'm Jump ready. Jump on the Discord, mate, and there it is, that screen share. <laughs> 
This is just a, a coop of some chickens. <laughs> I'll put the picture on the Discord on the Discord as well. Uh, put it up. Put it up. Uh, put it up right now. No context. The smart. The smart discussion thing. Post. Post it right now and say context at six pm tomorrow. <laughs> and you'll find a picture of the market department. It's just some chickens. Look at all those chickens. Look at all those chickens. After running a mark, uh, you're offering offer past the marketing department. The deal is on. We are Ooh. delighted that you would w- both like to pre- proceed with our sponsorship, and we look forward to working with you as a gesture of goodwill. We're putting a time capsule uh, with an advert for the Smart Podcast in a wall that we're currently working on. Wow! This new and exciting achievement. We're getting one for free, Dennis. Freebie? I mean, the first one's always free, right? First one's always free, and uh, there are some pictures of that I'll I'll, atta- I'll put them in the Discord as well. Uh, there are some pictures of the of the. Uh, it's a smaller time capsule. Um. Uh, but look, still counts. No uh, less, eter- still- no less eternal for itself. No size. less eternal. Yep. Little little note in there as well. Listen to the premier Magic the Gathering podcast, Crime Mirror, available on all good su- uh, podcast supply software in 2021. And a nice little touch. There's a copy of Alabaster Wall in there as well. Ah, very good. Very nice little touch there. But they have sent through some ad copy, Dennis, um, mm-hmm. which I'll read now. So this is obviously very professional. This is a high-level sponsorship, synergy branding opportunity um, with, uh, with Maddie and Hal, Drystone Walling. So I'm going to get this one right. <clears throat> Here we go. <clears throat> Do you live within a two-mile radius of Cornholm in Yorkshire? Is your life missing something? Do you have an old pile of stone that needs slight rearranging? Well, Maddie and Hal Drystone Walling is here for you. Retaining walls, garden walls, field walls, styles, fire pits, pig enclosures, mystical obelisks, and more. So come on down to Cornholm. Stand outside the church and just yell, Maddie, howl, repeatedly, until one of our neighbours comes to find out what you want. (laughs) (laughs) No phone call, Dennis. No email. No fax. Nothing. You go outside the church and yell their names like it's the 14th century. Until someone comes up and goes, what? (laughs) I love this. And thanks to our partnership with the hit Mathering the Ga- Magic the Gathering po- advice podcast, Scry Me a River, get 10% off when you... Qu- oh, that's not bad. 10% off when you, quote the, uh, when you quote the coupon code Stranjack. Well, get him! Get him! Fa- <laughs> I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of that. <clears throat> Maddie and Hal dry stone walls. Because we're called Maddie and Hal, and we build dry stone walls. Mm. Not too bad, huh? Offer not available to play in Zendikar. Them Hedrons are troublesome. We'll go a little further than two miles. We promise to bring us tea and snacks. I mean, that's not bad. Not on top bad of their, at all. On top of their rate, you, you have to pay the you know the 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 transport fee, which is tea and snacks. Which is and if you bad. use the code Stranjack, you have to give ten percent less tea and snacks. That's not bad at all. That's true. You can you can snap off a little bit of the uh, of the snack that you know of the you bourbon. Biscuit, yeah. you can you can break off a little pour a little tea on the ground. They don't get that part. Um, they continue, let us know what you think. As a final note, we'd like to clarify that you cannot put a person in a jar and say that's a time capsule, no matter what Adam Savadan says. <laughs> the deep lore. <laughs> very good. Best regards from Matty Hal and the marketing department. Dennis, I'm very happy with this. This is a, this is a I, I count this as a big win for us. Yeah, 100%. My, my aggressive negotiating techniques have netted us a pretty, a pretty well, big win here. Dennis, I want to point something out to you because there was a postscript to this email. Mm. P.S. You weren't actually advertising competitors. Drywall is a gypsum-based thing that you do in houses. Dry stonewalling is the stone-based thing you do in the rain. Also, we don't have competitors because there's not very many of us. If your listeners want to work for life, go to dswa.org.uk and find courses to learn how to do it. See, they, you say that, Riley, but we, we posted that episode and within the next week, right away, they come a-running. So, I don't know. I guess they probably realised that we would sniff out, you know, one of the other dry stone wallers somewhere else in England. Eventually, by t- <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> eventually would run out of drywallers. But yeah, drywalling is that thing where they put like, it's the top post of the Reddit oddly satisfying subreddit. Mm-hmm. There's a bloke doing drywalling. I'm sure dry stonewalling is also oddly satisfying, but in a very different way. Well, here we go. I tried to Google dry stonewall Yorkshire. Yeah. There's no, the don't read our competitors. We've deal. just we've just landed the deal. Don't jeopardize this deal for us, Dennis. But the first, ready? I want. We want to guess. Here we go. Okay. How many miles? There's a people often ask. Google tells me, and I don't know how true this is. How many miles of dry stone walls are there in Yorkshire? Yeah, that's probably a good point. There are a lot. There are a lot. The answer is over five thousand miles. That's not surprising. I've walked through Yorkshire. I've walked from one side of Yorkshire to the other, and there are a lot of stone walls that I crossed. They're built to repel wolves. Really? Yeah, I feel like a wolf could get over this. Depends how high they are, I guess. It depends on the on the agility score of the wolf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The well, dig- on, let's have a, a look. What's the what's the um what's the dexterity score of a wolf in D and D? This is this is how I figure out um this is how I figure out if like like how generally animals in the wild, you know, like how strong, powerful, smart, or whatever they are. I just checked the fifth edition rules for D and D. Fifteen. Yeah, they're gonna be able to get over a wall pretty easy, I think. They'll get over that, no problem. Yeah, plus two. Can hear right, smells not going to help him. Pack tactics right. bite. No, no, that's useful. But I, I think, think they can time. jump over a wall. Anyway, it's time, cue, it's time, right? It's time to cue the music. Dim the lights. We're getting hot and sweaty up in here. Um, hot and steamy, not hot and sweaty. It's, come on. <laughs> well, the steam's going to cause sweat. If it's hot and steamy, sweat is the, that's the whole concept of a sauna, Dennis, is that right. hot and steam produces right. sweat. Okay, okay. I have one. After dark anecdote, I would like to share before we get into the submitted ones. Oh, this is a this this comes into us from a revered host Dennis Dennis Straniak. Yeah, so I'm not sure this is something you ever experienced, Riley, as a long term content creator. Mm. But back when I used to make <clears throat> YouTube videos, Windows Slam. Yes, a friend of ours came up to us, and um, who were a couple whose name I won't share on the podcast, even though I've written it in this doc. You've written it in the document, <laughs> but I'm not going to say the names. No. Okay. <laughs> came up to us and told us that they loved our videos and that they would often watch them together. And we're like, oh, okay, cool. And they're like, yeah, we'll often watch them in bed. And there's okay. kind of a long pause and they're like, and you know, sometimes we get to the, the hanky-panky stage of the evening and we just leave hanky the videos on. Hanky and panky. And they would just leave the videos on. I don't so like that. They, they'd be there going, you know, going five rounds in the octagon with each other. <laughs> and, in, and in the background, I'm like, well, I think we should probably take the centaur courser here just to yeah. have another three drop. Like, yeah. ah! Yeah. I didn't like it. So here's you're, my question to you, dear listeners. <laughs> you're knocking heads in the uh, in the draft queues and they're knocking boots in bed. Exactly. Have any of you at home ever left Scrimia River on when things I, have started to go south? I don't want to know this information, Dennis. <laughs> I don't want to know. Can I tell you this? So I had someone come into my stream. This is ages ago. I've had lots of people say this to me since. Someone say, "Hey, I love I love Half House History." I'm like, "Oh, great! Thanks so much. That's really nice." Like, yeah, I often put it. Like, I often put it. <laughs> I often put it on when I need to sleep. I'm <laughs> like, <an> insult. <laughs> Thanks. That's not the compliment you think it is. <laughs> but Riley, how do those list, how do those downloads show up? <laughs> oh, even better because it means that they usually leave it on for longer because they listen to it all the way through. No, mm-hmm. I, in, in all honesty, I was very touched by that because that's something that I you know have done and still do is put a podcast on and go to sleep, and it means that it's soothing, relaxing, makes you feel very comfortable. You know, for me, it was always the McElroy brothers. Um, they would they would lull me to sleep with um with my brother, my brother and me. Here's um, the tier list, though, Riley. Here's the real so it's, question. It, it's very it, it is it's a very very flattering thing. I don't know about. Root into it, that. Anyway, Dennis, here's, gone, here, sorry. here's the question. You're at home. Yep. You're with Megan. You've yes. had a, a, you cooked her a lovely meal. You've lit some candles. Okay. This is sounding very unlikely. My suspension of disbelief is already- <laughs> Shattered. Yeah. 
And you go, you go, you go to this, your hi-fi, your stereo system to pick yes. out a compact disc to put on. Yeah. To get yeah. to set the tone, right? Uh-huh. To, to start to move things into the boudoir department. Yeah. yeah but yeah. oh no, what's happened? The discs you have are only compilations of other Magic the Gathering podcasts. Oh, what no. is the best one to put on? What's the po- So we have to do it to a Magic the Gathering podcast. Yes. What's the best one? This is extremely tough because I think the answer is none. Um, <laughs> you think the answer is hurl yourself at the window? I think the answer is just like, hey, do you want to go and play Assassin's Creed instead? What are yeah. you doing here? Um, oh, this is tough. I mean, Josh Lee Choir's got a pretty sultry voice, but I don't think I could do it with him. No, I, I couldn't do it with him. In, it, it, like, I'd, it, I'd, all I'd be doing is thinking about the time that that Commander game. I couldn't, I couldn't deal with that. Right? Well, we, we have we have a se- we have out. a segment on intrusive Magic the Gathering thoughts later yeah, on where we can discuss where Josh Lee got up inside your brain zone. I tell you what so, it is. Do what? you know what? Okay, I'm gonna. Th- it's, you, the answer is going to surprise you, right? But it's Magic FM. Really? And do you know why? Why is that? Because it's so bad and boring, Dennis. I would, wow! have, I would have so no trouble ignoring it. Woo! That's why. Light them up. That's why. Because it's such unengaging and low-tier content that I would just be able to Holy tune it crap. out straight away. I wanted to say, like, I was like, Marshall's got, like, a very, ta- like, velvety voice. But even yeah, then, but the like... the thing is, like, limited resources, the- they're, they're there making good points. I'm going to get to show like, Oh, that is true. Oh, yeah. I never really thought about the it's format. It's not even that. that. It's, it's, the, it's the content. Imagine, imagine you're, you know... Go, you're getting business, get, get, getting work done, putting up yeah. some dry stone walling, putting, yeah, up, some wet, exactly. putting up some wet well, stone walling, some wet, walling some wet stone walls, exactly. Yeah, and you just hear, What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode. You can't do it, it doesn't no, matter, it doesn't do matter it. what no, the no, podcast is no, about. No, no, that's it. No, it's not, it's not, it's not gonna work for me. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's just Magic FM, just because it's just such, you know, forgettable content, really. But yeah, do let us know if you ever take, if you're, if you ever, if you ever taken each other to Bowen Town, I'll tell you in the background. Let Dennis know. How about that? Just tweet at Riley, and I'm no, sure I'll hear. I'm sure I'll hear about it. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, you'll hear about. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, our next our next submission, Dennis. This comes might be us. the best submission we've ever gotten on the podcast. <laughs> this is going to take you. This is this is not Mr. Skell. What is it, Mr. Bones' Wild Ride? This is Mr. Metronome's Wild Ride, Dennis. I'd yeah. like you to read it for us now. This is unbelievable. Ben, not content with being on the podcast, still wants to be in the in the, in the podcast the following episode. Dear Smar. I'm submitting this for your consideration for the Smar After Dark segment in honor of episode 69. Nice. It has power moves, it has stolen hearts, and more. It was my first year of teaching, and it sounds like a letter to Penthouse now. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I didn't think it could happen to me. Yeah. It was my first year of teaching, and I was waiting for students to be picked up from the pep band after... Okay, we lost it. From the pep band after performing at a basketball game in the evening. A mother of one of my students offered to wait with me, so I wasn't waiting alone with a female student to be picked up. Very, very considerate. Mm-hmm. I kindly accepted, and we ended up chatting for about 30 minutes or so, because one girl was very late to be picked up. I thought nothing of it, but when I got to school the next day, I had an email waiting in my inbox from this mom sent at 3.30 a.m. Oh, dear. This had obviously lingered on this mother's mind here. Do we? Do you want me to see if I can get Nikki in here to read this to get a female to get some female tone? Uh, sure. Yeah, she's available. Hey there, gorgeous smile. I had a great time talking to you last night. Let me know if you ever want to get a coffee sometime and chat some more. This seemed like trouble to me, so I promptly forwarded to my principal, asking what I should do. My principal thought it was hilarious, and he forwarded it oh to the whole staff. My goodness, this! Oh my, that's so bad. Oh my! Oh goodness. my god! 
Needless to say, <laughs> the staff called me Mr. Gorgeous Smile for the rest of the That's year. That's so bad. That's the tip of the iceberg, Riley. There's that's a- awful. No, that's honestly, that's that's just like workplace harassment and bullying. That's terrible. What is this pri- this principal, mate? That's really bad. Like, this can you imagine? Should, should be should lose their job, be barred from ever setting foot in a school again. This is terrible. That's awful. That's such such like what's what's the word? Mal- not malpractice, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just wildly inappropriate. Also, what about this so poor woman's name in it? Oh my goodness! That's whatever, so whatever, bad, whatever about Ben? Ben comes out good in this, you know, like or, or at worst, fine. It's so it's so embarrassing for the poor woman. I mean, no one wins in this situation. This is terrible. That principal, that principal is is grossly negligent, so unprofessional, completely incompetent. I think he's just an asshole. The, the principal is the asshole. That absolutely. All right. Anyway, yeah. Let, what, what's here the we go. Here, Dennis. How does this finish? At the end of the school year, I disliked the job so much. I wonder if it was related to the Mr. Gorgeous Smile stuff. <laughs> no, probably not. Probably something different. Yeah. Yeah. That I resigned the day after graduation yeah, good. and was already packed yeah, up. Good. And, 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 and full credit to you for doing that, mate. Especially in your first year. Your first year of teaching, I was like, oh, I mustn't rock the boat. I, I, I want to keep this job. You know, I like my position. I don't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. Good. I mean, that's a hard thing to do, man. That is good on. Good on Ben for being able to, per, to pack up and leave. That's poor, oh, mate. This mom called me. While I was leaving town. So Ben's Wait, on the interstate. He's on the interstate. You know, Salisbury Hill is playing as he cra- as he as he rides off into the sunset, you know? Yep, yep, yep. This mom called me, distressed that I had resigned, and I hung up on her. Yeah, good. Okay. Yeah, get 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 her out of your life as well, yep. She left a voicemail, Riley. And I, we, I, I, dear listeners are now going to play that voicemail for you. Ben has been kind enough to share this voicemail that this woman left for him uh, as he was, as Dennis says, riding in an open-top Cadillac across state lines. Riding up on Salisbury Hill. (laughs) And here's what she said. I just want to apologize for the way I talked to you. And um, I just want to wish you the best whatever you do. I'm sorry. But it did hit us pretty hard. And I do have one more thing to say if it doesn't matter anyway, that you are taking my heart with you. I did fall in love with you, but it doesn't matter. So I wish you well, and I'm sorry. Bye. You are taking my heart with you. So sad. So, so sad. I This... Oh, Dennis. I mean, I'm going to need thousands of dollars of dental work after cringing so hard that my teeth have just shattered here. This is so... Riley? So, poor Ben! Ben carried carried those carried those kids along a tune, and he carried the keys to this poor woman's heart. Just, I can't, just I can't. this is all based off a half an hour conversation as well. How I mean, dude, we talked to Ben for forty five minutes last week. I don't know how we're not head over heels. Yeah, that's the thing. we no, it was more. That was like it was like seventy minutes we had, and because and then there was before and after. We had a bit of chat as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's a charming guy, but I mean, I didn't realize that he had this this level of sheer score. magnetism. Oh, I mean, I guess for some people, there's just something about like you know, band teachers that oh, really, really, really get gets them under the collar, huh? Casanova metronome over here. This is unbelievable, man. This is unbelievable. Just pure <gasps> raw animal magnetism. I guess Ben's work, like he's probably figured out how to keep a lid on it these days. You know what I mean? So he doesn't just have people swooning every time they listen to an episode. Well, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, Riley. I don't That's blame him. He's he's learned he's learned to uh, <laughs> he's learned to harness it. 
Jeez. This is I, – I, I feel – honestly, I mean, we're having, we're having a bit of a giggle at this, but I feel really – Ben is – the. this is a very, really, really tough position for him and really – like, he was treated scornfully by the, the principal and this mum as well is kind of – I mean, you don't need to do that, I don't think. The parting shot is not a necessary thing. I think you just let that go. I, I mean, how, how she, she fell so hard so fast. You're taking my heart with you. It's very sad. I mean, the apology is kind of welcome, but it's not really an apology if it's like, oh, I'm sorry, but. I'm sorry we didn't get to bone. Like, Goodbye. Th- but there is, a, like, you know, if you want to apologize for having hurt someone's feeling or feelings or made them feel bad or done something bad to them, you don't then reiterate that, the, like, that you're, you know what I mean? Like, you saying, oh, I'm, I'm, it's the equivalent of saying, I'm sorry I hurt your feelings, but you also really hurt my feelings. Do you know what I mean? Something I missed when I read this question for the first time is the 3.30 a.m. email. Yeah. That one went home and couldn't sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Tossing and turning. Fever Star- dreams of, star- of Ben. Staring yeah. at the the blank Ben-shaped hole in the bed. Yeah, exactly. And she did, like, I was going to say, oh, you, you know, got got the yearbook from last year with the, with the staff photos in it. But no, she wouldn't even have that because it was his first year. <laughs> Yeah, all she would have had was the was was the photos she taken from the bushes before. Oh, after right, practice. mate. Let's not. <laughs> oh, Ben, I'm sorry you went through this, man. I had some. I'm wild not. I'm not. It's great content. I had some wild experiences with parents in my in my teaching career as well, but none that got to this level, thankfully. Did, did, this you, ever, was... did you ever have a mum make a move on you, or a dad, for that matter? Uh, the closest I had was a mum uh, was like, "Hey, there's this new uh, exhibition at a at a at a museum that's just open. I know you really love history. Would you like to go?" And I was like, mm. "Sure, why not?" And we went and we went to this exhibition, and we were both really interested in it. And we had a coffee afterwards, and that was it. It was nice. It was really nice. But this is like a mum who was married, and I was teaching her daughter, and like. We just went yeah, along and because it was just, we had a mutual it, interest. So like, yeah, and it was just hand stuff, so it doesn't count. That's fine. No, Dennis. But do you want to know something interesting? <laughs> huh. I did ask the principal about it before I, I went. And the principal forwarded the email to everyone and said, ha, look at Ryan, he's going on a date. <laughs> look at Ryan, what a history nerd. Look at him. <laughs> yeah. No, but I did. I, I, I went and asked the principal. I said, hey, you know, this this mum has said, you know, because, you know, she knew, that I liked, she knew that I liked history. There was a special exhibit, that, you know, like a timed exhibit on at the um, – at the the historical museum in, in Berlin, and she was like, "Do you want to go?" And I was like, "Is this inappropriate? Should I not do it?" It's like you're both adults; like you can do what you want when you're not at school. I mean, be mindful of what happens there, but like, there's nothing wrong about this. Um, it was like, no, it wasn't even weird. It could have been weird, but it wasn't. It was fine. But then, you're like, in this, good shape, then yeah. It was. It was just a, a nice thing that I did with a mate, you know. So we got another question here, Riley, on the uh, after dark side of things. So it comes in from Laura and it Mm -hmm. says, I have been dating a guy for a couple of years now and over lockdown, I decided to learn to play magic because he really loves it. Nice. I enjoy it too, but I've noticed that he really likes a certain planeswalker that I happen to look like. I'm not sure if he started liking her because of me or if he started dating me because of her. Oh, that's so much worse though. (laughs) I'm afraid to ask, but I also don't really want to know. Sorry, but I'm afraid to ask what I do want to know. I'm afraid to ask, but also want to know, Dennis, like, it's the, the delta between these two options. Is so high. It's so high, right? If he likes this planeswalker because it looks like you, that's kind of sweet. It's kind of cute, right? Yeah. 
It's like, oh, I like to play Vraska because, you know, I love your scaly skin and long snake hair. You know, yeah, that's in really my, in, nice. In, in, in my head, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> it's like a giant golem made of silver with like, a, you know, a pencil, <laughs> a pencil skirt and a blouse being like, dear Scrimey River. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, dear Scrimey River. I am a I am a seven foot tall metal golem, and my boyfriend. Just- <laughs> I'm wondering if he has a type. Here's the question, right? Here's the kicker for me. You can yep. you can you can start to get you can, you can up the red twine budget here and start figuring stuff out. Yeah, you can find out when you start playing magic. You probably already know. Mm-hmm. And you can go ex girlfriend hunting on Facebook. Uh, yeah. Okay. And, and if she also out. has hair that can uh, it sometimes turns on fire, then you know. Then you know it's linked, man. I mean, here. Oh. I mean, I, I like. I'm just. What so if it is? What if it depends? It depends on the specific. What if it is just a person who likes Chandra and a person who likes redheads? Nothing See, wrong that's with fine. That. Like having having a redhead as a type is fine. I'm also thinking about the weird types that I've had with women in the past. And I don't really have a type. Like if you look past through my like the the rogues gallery of girlfriends that I've had, like there's not like they don't they don't all they're not interchangeable, right? No, me either. But one time on Tinder. I came across a girl who was colorblind and I swiped right so hard I nearly cracked my screen, right? And then when we matched, I think she could just smell how keen I was a mile away, right? Like, I wasn't trying to be creepy or or sleazy or anything. I was just like, oh, you're colorblind. I'm colorblind too. Oh, like this. And I was like imagining how colorblind our children would be and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and what I think, color would our children be? And I think she just- Who knows? I think she immediately- <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this just happened all the time because it's so rare for women to be colorblind. It's so mm. rare. It hardly ever affects women, right? And I was so excited to have found a woman who was colorblind that I, was, that I just, I ruined it because I was, you know, I was, I, I probably came off as like desperate. Um, and I'm just kind of thinking like if you had a thing for like Nissa and you came across a, a girl on Tinder who had like glowing green eyes and pointed ears, do you just do anything to seal that deal? It's very concerning, but I guess I'm kind of guilty of something similar. So I don't know how I don't know if I want to cast the first stone here, Dennis. I think you just accept that your boyfriend likes this planeswalker and he likes you, and they don't have to be related. I don't know, man. I think it, I, I think we get the red twine out here. I, I want to go. I want to. <laughs> I, I want the answers, dude. I want the answers. I don't know how you ask this though. I don't think you can. No, you ask his friends. That's a good that's a good sort of Yeah, you ask you ask magic nerds. Also, right? How sure I mean, yeah, I said no, there's no doubt here. It's like uh, he he really likes certain planeswalker that I happen to look like. It's not like I wonder if I kind of look uh, you know, yeah, no, he mm, okay. I was going to say like if there's a chance that maybe you don't look that much like Liliana or something. Mm-hmm. You know, do you have the do you have faint scars of of, of a demonic pact etched all over your body? I mean, if you and, do, and, and a horde, a dead, and a horde of zombies dead. that follows you around, and yeah, that, I mean, that's a, that sounds pretty hot to me. I don't know what you say. I mean, some people are into that, you know, and yeah, that, yeah. that's going to spice things up enormously. I just can't get over the distance between these two things. If he's into you because you look like this planeswalker, that's terrible. If he's into this planeswalker because you look like her, that's that's kind of cute, you know. I think you just assume it's the cute one and hope to never know. And just put it to bed. Yeah. Put it to bed. <laughs> just, just let it lie for the rest of your life. You never ask the question ever again. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. You want to read the next one here, Riley, from Stephen? Yeah, this one's an interesting one. This one's a little more uh, a little more serious, actually. We've had, we've had some fun today, Dennis. We've had some laughs, but this one's a little more serious from Stephen. 
Do you think there is a place in magic for lewd art? Lewd and lascivious art, Dennis. Like playmats or card altars. I see stories of people being asked to leave events or stuff taken down during this, but some old cards have some pretty egregious, borderline sexualized content. I don't think it's even borderline, to be honest. Does this have a place in magic? Now, there's been a concerted effort, Dennis, by the Magic Creative team to move away from this sort of stuff in, Early, please, in I, recent I, times. Can you, I need to adjust my framed um, full art earthbind for just one quick second. Oh, really? Because so can... I, I have a couple that I could uh, cite for you as well. There's one yeah. that, really, that really stands out for me. Um, what's, what's earthbind? Earthbind. Earth I'm looking it up. Holy moly, there's no content warning on that. <laughs> there's no NSFW spoiler tags on that one. Oh my goodness. That yeah. is thirsty. We're thinking of like Gwendolyn. That's uh, that's a lot. Do you know the one that I always point to though is Morkrit Banshee, right? Because that in my opinion is one of the most egregious ones, right? Morkrit Banshee is really bad. How do you spell uh, Morkrit? Pardon? How do you spell Morkrit? Uh, M-O-R-K-U-R-T. Morkrit Banshee. The reason this is really bad is because this is like a spirit with like, who's kind of all messed up, like her arms are kind of falling off. Like it, she honestly, it, it's a spirit, but it looks, she looks more like a zombie, honestly, right? Like she's got like a mess. Look at her, her mouth. Her mouth's like all open and horrible and like flesh is trailing off her and that sort of yeah, stuff, right? But the perfectly round double Ds are still intact. But then she's got just the greatest big, the big, a big round pair of honkers there, Dennis, that look like, you know, they, they are so not in keeping with the overall aesthetic of the piece. It's so bad, right? No, dude, there are much worse ones. Have you seen... What's head of No, but car? just in terms of it, like there are ones that are just super, like just thirst bait, right? Some of them just are just thirst traps, right? What Some about, what about, really, what, about really what about Gwendolyn de Corsi? All right, I didn't, I don't know how to spell this. Gwendolyn, Gwen, Gwendolyn with a Y at the end, rather. Than I'm just going to type in Gwend. MTG. Oh dear, yeah, yeah. Okay, another, another. This is great for an audio medium as well, but this, this mm. represents a, a woman who seems to be dragging a man into bed with her. I mean, this one's relatively empowered, I suppose, but it's, yeah, but it's it, pretty, but it's not great. Like, even if we don't get into like the, 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 the feminine, like even if we're not looking at it from a, through a feminist lens. Yeah. The male about, gaze is pretty horrific here let, let's, just, let's just talk about a children's card game with, you know, content that I think it's fair to say is sexualized and, and whether, it, whether it has a place. Here's, the, here's, here's the, the case in point for the fact that wizards are moving away from it. Lingering Souls, right? Mm-hmm. The original printing of Lingering Souls, it's not super sexualized, but there is a ghost that has, you know, rather prominent cleavage in the original Dark Ascension printing. Like, it, it's there's, there's, there's no other way to say it. The ghost just has, you know, great big... Yeah, anyway. The, <laughs> the new Lingering Souls is just, like, some dude screaming, right, as ghosts. And I'm worried that, like, here's the thing, though. That like, is the one I- that they've used in more or less every single reprint since then. Right, but... I don't know that that's better. Like, I think Earthbind is inappropriate. I think that's pretty not close. That's over Gwen, 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 Gwendolyn de Corsi, interestingly, because that art is done by a woman, so I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest, mm-hmm. it's a little more nuanced. But stuff like, like, the, the, the breasts in Lingering Souls are, I think, relatively incidental. And I don't know. I, I, I don't know how I feel about this, but I, I'm not the person that this would make uncomfortable anyway. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm glad they're moving away from it. And here's my reason. I don't think it adds anything that needs to I be there. I agree there. I don't think it. I don't think it adds anything that if if you want to look right at a nice pair of boobs, 
There are so many places you can do that. Oh, yeah. You do not need right? that in your card game. I you agree there. You don't need that in a children's card game. You don't, you don't need that in a card game, generally speaking. You know, there, there are so many places where you can access stuff like that that it doesn't need. I don't think it needs. I don't think it adds anything. You know, and and there are, you know, the, the, the trash people on the far right who talk about free speech and censorship and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, this is not the hill to die on. When oh, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not there on that. No, I no, just no I'm think- not saying you are, but I'm saying these are the arguments that are used in, in quote unquote, support of, of, you know, old lingering souls. And I just. Oh, there's like, a bunch of stuff like a bunch of Orzov art has boob windows and things like that. In the dresses I like Taser and, and stuff. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. that. see, that I don't mind as much because that actually does feel like it's part of her character. I don't really know, man. D- to tell you the truth, I don't think about it that much. I, but, I'm, I'm there with you, honestly. But if I were in charge of this sort of thing and I had a choice between Dark Ascension Lingering Souls and, like, Modern Masters 2017 Lingering Souls, I'm picking the the screaming dude every time rather than, rather than you know, boob ghost. Boob <laughs> ghost. Okay, I think that's a reasonable take. The question here, though, Riley, was mm. altars and things like that. Yeah, I, I like get out of town with that. I remember there was an event that I was at where someone played like a, a, a play set of Liliana's that were altered to be topless, right? Mm-hmm. Like full nips, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. no, get out of town with that. I think he was asked to either replace them. I don't know if he was actually asked to leave the event, but I remember there was some belligerence there and some like pretty impassioned defense of the cards and i just got like I, there's just no there's no place for that sort of thing yeah no, that that that's all i mean what you look what you do in the privacy of your own home alter you. your cards whatever is up to you Fine. but you can't but bring it to an event you can't bring it to an event you de- absolutely cannot bring that to a public event no 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 and, and and the same goes for sleeves and the same goes for play mats and that sort of stuff and the, the same the same goes for you know anime titty play mats yeah exactly there's no like there's just no place for that at, at a at an event where you know literal children are there but also just regular people who don't need that sort of stuff presented to them when they're not opting into it you know what I, I think mean? it is inappropriate but also like i also don't like i feel weird because like when you say stuff like that like regular people don't need to see that kind of stuff i think hiding away from that stuff is like like hmm. no but it should be opt-in this is content that should be opt-in Sexualized stuff, violence, all the stuff that that gets rated in entertainment media, right? All the stuff that gets you know, the ESA, ESRB or the OFLC, right, rating it, right? This it should be opt in. There's also a uh, transcontinental issue here, okay. where, like, for example, in on American television, mm. lingering souls, the art you're talking about, is mm. more inappropriate than Victim of Night is. That's true. Yeah, Americans. Uh, uh, American media is uh, more accepting of violence and less accepting of like boobs, but it's the opposite in in European Europe. media yeah. for sure. And I, I think the opposite makes more sense. Um, yeah, but that's probably because you're European. <laughs> I mean, I got granted. Fine. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. There's another problem there with like you know with male gaze and undue sexualization mm, stuff, mm, which is mm. something that I am far from qualified to speak about. Yeah, so of course. I mean, it. you and I are both feel full of implicit bias when it comes to this sort of thing. And, yeah, you know, this is why my observations are sort of through the lens of um, my you opinion. Err, err on the side of caution. My opi- well, my opinion is also not the most important one, but I've been asked this question directly, so I'm going to answer it. I don't think about this too much, but if it were up to me, I would remove this sort of stuff. And that goes for both, like, enthralling Victor as well. I know it's kind of like people make jokes about cards like that as well, but, like, also, I, I think you just you just make the the game, you pick the tone and you stick to it and you make it, broadly speaking, family-friendly. Family but then there is the stuff like Victim of Night as well, which is definitely not that. So, 
It's an yeah. It's I, maybe I'd have to think about it more to and, and and hear some other voices to get a more well-rounded perspective. But I think I definitely err on the side of like having content like that, graphic content, whether it's sexual or or, or violent, um, an opt-in experience for people. So not on Slate, not sense. on Playmats, and not on Card Art. I would say. I don't know. Is that reasonable? Where are you, I think that's pretty reasonable. We have, we're going to do a pretty hard about face with the final question of this podcast. Oh yeah! If anyone's <laughs> going to accuse me of being a prude, this is all going to. And, and I hope that I hope people take my opinion in good faith because I don't like sound. I'm not sexually oppressed, and I, I'm I'm definitely like you know, uh, sex. Positive. I agree. I agree. I agree with your opinion, but I do think it ends up becoming sex negative. But then but also like it's a card game. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not I'm sex positive, but like there's a time and a place for it. You know, and I don't think Magic the Gathering, a children's card game, is the is time it? or the place for sexual content. But the time and the place for sexual content is right here and right now on this episode of Scrimey River because your friend and mine, Jeff Steele, has written in mm-hmm. and he not only uh, allowed us but insisted that his name was attached to this question. Dennis, please take it away. No, I think you should. You want me to do it? I want you to do it. You, right. these, are your, these are more your words than they are Jeff's at this stage. In celebration of your 69th episode, nice, thank you very much, Jeff, I present to you this smutty story of how MTG semi-ruined a romantic encounter for me. This was a few years ago during a particularly warm summer, and my recent boyfriend and I were spending the night together after a night out. In the morning, why, we Why were, does it matter that it's a warm summer? I don't know why that- is, is that relevant? I guess just fla- I guess flavor, you know. Sure, okay. It's just it, it, the warm summer doesn't actually. Ca- it's not. It's not foreshadowing here. <laughs> it's a red hair. It's not. Che- it's, not it's not Chekhov's weather. No. Uh, we spent the night together after a night out. In the morning, we were uh, getting busy with each other, and towards the business end of things, I had an intrusive thought that I haven't been able to make sense of pass through my mind. Maybe I should put a prime speaker Zagana in my commander deck. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, I didn't tell my boyfriend at the time that this had passed through my mind. Any help you could offer on what this could possibly mean would be appreciated. Dennis, you I think it means you've got to have to chanfarbo.com and pick up a prime speaker Zagana, personally. I don't know about that, you. Very right. good. Uh, sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to talk over you while you were getting the plug in there. But do you, have you had intrusive thoughts like this? Not, certainly not magic related. I can't remember about um, magic related ones, but I've definitely had intrusive thoughts at, uh, at, at times like these. And that, it's not oh, fun, some, man. So, sometimes it's like giggling at a funeral, though, you know? You're like, oh, it would be awful to think about this thing now. Oh, God, no. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah, that's. but they just pop into your head completely out of nowhere. What um, happened to you? Uh, well, the, the time that happened with magic was when I was getting my um, wisdom teeth taken out. And, um, and I was, inherently sexual experience, of course. Oh, very, very much so. I was not happy about the, like, I just didn't like the idea of, you know, the anaesthetic, the the having teeth ripped out of my skull. I was feeling very uncomfortable. Before, it's rough. Before. Apparently, it's like, apparently it's like pulling teeth. It's it is awful. Uh, it is one of the worst experiences I've ever had. And going into the operating theater, I was really not in a good space. And then Thrag Tusk just popped into my head. <laughs> and I don't know why. As I was being led to the operating theater and, and like getting ready with the anesthetic. Were you expecting sort of to die and for a second a Riley with two less power to come and replace you? I don't know what it was, but Thrag Touch just popped in my head. And can I tell you this? It calmed me down a little bit. It calmed me down a little bit because I started thinking about Thrag Tusk and all the fun that I've had with Thrag Tusk over the years and like <laughs> the times I've blinked Thrag Tusk with a restoration angel or made copies of it or whatever. And it was funny because like you know, they say, oh, you know, in your last uh, in, in your last moments, you think of what's dearest to you, you know, your mother or whatever. And I thought 
of a 5-3 <laughs> that gains five life, you know. And I, I, like I had this intrusive thought of a Thrag Dusk when I was in this incredibly uncomfortable situation where I didn't think I was going to die or anything, but like that was my guardian angel, my guardian Thrag Tusk. Your guardian restoration angel, yeah. Yeah, it was a, a very weird experience. But I can't think of any magic-related intrusive thoughts I've had while uh, while while boning down. This is a... Prime Speaker Zagana is a weird one, man. Why is that? Like, I don't know. Was the dude that he was with, like, a merfolk <laughs> with a big frilly tail? <laughs> or, like, slimy, I guess. Or, or slimy? Like, was, was, the, was it a slime field oh, experience? Oh, I once had... A- <laughs> I'm going to tell a story now that I should not tell. Oh, very good. It's your turn, Dennis. I've done enough of this. The, talking about a person. Well, before that, we should say there is an addendum to Jeff's story, which is a day later, this guy stole a pair of my pants and I never heard from him ever again. Yeah, because when, because, mate, you were thinking about Prime Speaker Zagana when you should have been thinking about making sweet love to him. That's what's or, happening. Or, or thinking about where you left your pants. Yeah. <laughs> Are they in a secure location? Do you reckon it was so bad, right? Do you reckon Jeff just completely pa- failed to perform here to the point that because of pro- pro- because he started thinking about his commander deck rather than you know yeah. the, the the good love and that you're supposed to be given to this guy? Do you think this guy was like, well, I didn't get what I wanted. I gotta in, get something out of this. <laughs> I didn't get what I wanted in the bedroom. I'm gonna get what I want in the fashion department in the wardrobe. <laughs> the pair of jeans. I just Jeff, I just want to I want you to search your memory very carefully here because if. This guy had a big frilly tail like a lionfish, or if this guy had a weird kind of helmet that looked a bit like a, a fish skull, or if he was carrying a like a, a weird trident around while you were boning down, I think maybe there could be something to that as to why you started thinking about Prime Speaker Zagana. But if I mean, that, or, or, or like in the other question, that could be why Jeff went on the date with him in the first place. Jeff, are you are you in fact attracted to Merfolk? This is the this is the soul search. Mermen, mermen specifically. Mermen, yes. Well, let's let's not. You know, maybe Jeff maybe Jeff can explore his his the, the full bounds of his sexuality as he as he dives beneath the waves. Dennis, who knows? Who knows? Who, who knows, knows what's waiting beneath those turgid waters for him? <laughs> anyway, what happened to you? I'm very keen to hear this story. So a friend, I was at a, a hotel with a couple of buddies of mine for uh, like a stag one time. Mm-hmm. And one of them, one of them, is, one of them likes to not wear very many clothes. Okay. And he took off basically most of his clothes. And then you another told me guy, about this guy before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you told me about this guy before. Yeah, the guy who gets naked whenever he can. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And he also uses Veet hair removal cream on his entire body. Just everywhere. Just everywhere. Everywhere from the neck down. Neck down. It's all gone. All gone. Um. And one of the other guys took his phone and threw it to me. Very juvenile, this whole this whole situation. Mm-hmm. And I catched this guy's phone and he jumps on you, top sorry, of Dennis, me. Sorry, Dennis, what did you do to the phone? You catched it. I caught it. <laughs> Dennis, I, ca- said, I catched it. I catched his phone. <laughs> I catched his phone. Sorry. That is not the crux of the story. That's why I'm so distracted. You catched the and phone that he had brung, yeah. It's it's taking a large amount of mental round for me to not say this guy's name. <laughs> the okay. guy right. jumped on me in just his underwear. Yep. Why am I lying? He wasn't wearing underwear. No, I he was jumped gonna say, on me. I, I was going to ask you there, Dennis, but I've heard this story before, and you, you, the underwear didn't come into it last time. He jumped on me, and the reason I was reminded this because he said it was this person, a merfolk, because this guy beats his entire body. It is so rubbery oh, and slick. Yeah. When he grabs you, it's like he's, it's like being attacked by a dolphin. Yeah. It's like he was wearing a wetsuit. It, yeah. I couldn't get. I was trying to grab him to pull him off me, and I couldn't get purchase on any, any part of his body. Yeah. It was like trying to wrestle a seal. 
Yeah, it was exactly like that. A dry seal in this case, but I think I think Jeff might be interested is basically what I'm trying to say. I can I can I can introduce them if you, if yeah, you would like. Exactly. <laughs> if Jeff wants to start his fishy adventures anywhere, it's with this bloke who's very, very happy to get his kid off at any time for any reason, by the sound of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh dear. Anyway, um Well, uh I'd like to first of all issue an apology. Well I'd like to I'd like to thank everyone for listening. But I'd also like to issue an apology to one person in particular, Dennis, and that is the Riley listening to this in, you know, 10 to 15 years when one of his kids discovers this podcast, sends it at to the, the principal, at, at, the at principal the forwards yeah. it to everyone at the school and I get fired. Sorry about <laughs> that, mate. I know you're really listening to this to figure out just how bad it was and I'm sorry I did it to you. It seemed like a good idea at the time and Dennis kind of twisted my arm. So um, I don't know what to say to you, dude. Maybe maybe go back to streaming. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> um, we got something else we got to talk about, Dennis. Now here's the question: Do we want to bury Metal Gear Solid Four chat at the end of episode sixty nine? Yeah, I guess so. Do we want to come back? Do we want to keep him hooked for next week? I don't know. We've this is a long. It's going to be a very long app if we do Metal because we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, maybe we should do it while it's still fresh in your main, in your head. Let's do it. Let's do MGS4 chat. Righty, you finished it. You finished what I would consider the main series. One of the reasons that I wanted to play MGS, obviously one was that, you know, I wanted to share a cultural experience with Dennis. But another one was many years ago in the in the wake of the whole Vince debacle where I was very rude to both him and Dennis about it, right? Is that Dennis actually did trick me into watching the video game donkey MGS recap of Metal Gear Solid. He's like, this is how good it is, right? And that, like, I, I, I commend it to you. Go and watch it, even if you haven't played Metal Gear Solid, because it is the most ridiculous, overblown, convoluted, and, like, deliberately confusing uh, recap of the plot, right? Mm-hmm. Until you play the game, and then you realise, oh, no, it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. You said to me you were so excited to rewatch the Donkey video to see how off base and how exaggerated it was. Exactly. And then, and then when we finally did watch it together at the end. It's not. <laughs> no, it's all bang on. Like, if you haven't played the game series, go and watch it and you'll be like, wait, what? A vampire? Wait, why is there a cowboy? He gets his. Okay, what? Well, hang on. Where, 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 right? Like this. And I remember watching that being like, okay, well, this is clearly like played for laughs. You know, it's overblown. It's exaggerated. And then one of the things I was looking forward to when we were playing it, Dennis, is going and watching that again. Again, as you say, just to see how silly Dunkey had got with it. Nope, not at all. Plays it very straight. Yeah. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 1 is the third game in the series and the seventh game in the timeline. That's how the video starts. And from there, it I mean, buckle up because it is a, a wilder and wilder ride. Metal Gear Solid has the third game in the series and the seventh in the timeline. Metal Gear Solid 1 is the third game in the series <laughs> and the seventh in the timeline. And that's true. Metal Gear Solid 4 and the entire series. What do I think of it? Groundbreaking stuff, Dennis. Undoubtedly, a an unmistakably important stepping stone on the path to, to, to where video games are today. Kojima invented a genre, right? I was playing Dishonored last night, a game that owes its existence to games like Metal Gear Solid, Splinter mm-hmm. Cell, all these other stealth-based games, right? They all come back. Splinter Cell is is it sired them all, right? Metal Gear Solid. They don't stack up well in terms of gameplay, the old ones in particular, and this they did was not highlighted all the controls. more. controls. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sorry, in controls. When I played Metal Gear Solid 4, this was made more obvious than ever. Right, like even three, which is probably the best game out of all of them, is still a bit of a clunker when it comes to mm-hmm. controls. 
bit of Metal Gear Solid 4, there are incredible innovations, like being able to move while aiming a gun. Being able to crouch. 10 out of 10, Kojima does it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, Metal Gear Solid 4 was great. It was great, right? Um, it was fan service the game. Which, I mean, and you you played them all now, so most of it, like you got basically all of it. Which I actually really enjoyed. Uh, fan service generally is pretty like heavy handed and and mm. not great a lot of the time. But it was, I don't know, for a, for for a game series that like try seems to take itself so seriously, Metal Gear Solid is just so dumb sometimes. And I think it's really good that they, uh, you know, that Kojima just lent into giving fans what they wanted in in series four, but also poking fun at the entire, you know, like when you go that, back to Shadow Moses in Act Four, yeah, I and, was, whew. and that was. That was it was great. Like it was I think it was really, really well executed. You got but, to drive a Metal Gear? You were surprised it took you four games to get to that point? Yeah, I, that that uh, that surprised me. You get to fight a, a, another Metal Gear in a Metal Gear. It's like it took us four I didn't even think it was gonna happen, to be honest. It had never even occurred to me as a possibility, yeah. Yeah, and then and then they then they sprung it on us. It was uh, it was but it, look, it, it was a good game. I, I think it is weaker overall, but I can't say how. Is it the story? It's long-winded. It's very yeah. long-winded. Yeah, the editor that the editor that got brought in for episode three got fired. Let go. Let go. Hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Um, but no, it is. It feels like a, it feels like one of the weaker entries into the into the into the universe. And I think maybe because it's just so self-referential. It's also like they came into so three is pretty self-contained. It gives a little bit of backstory. Yep. Two leaves some loose ends. There's the Patriots. Ocelot steals this Metal Gear Ray. What's yep. going to happen? Yep. Four decides to open up a bunch of new loose ends to resolve, mm. and it didn't really need to do that. It does a good job of resolving it. Like it, it does. It does have a very nice cadence to it, and, and things wrap up rather. Neat. The, the twist at the end is so dumb, but like it, big it, boss it, is being alive. It's fine, right? It's fine. <laughs> The way um, they do the twist, though, is so good because the credits start and you see the voice actor says Richard Doyle, Big Boss. And you're like, wait a second, wait, Big he's Boss not in the game. this. Yep. And then the credits stop and Turns it cuts back out. to another cutscene. Yeah. Um, so, that yeah, a lot of stuff in it was, was well executed. But there was a lot of navel gazing that I think could have been left on the cutting room floor. You know, if the last time. So, so Dennis and I obviously played this through this together with me streaming on Discord and he would watch it. And then for the last session... I messaged him like, hey, do you, want to watch, do you want to watch a movie? Yep, accurate. Because the end of the game is a 90-minute series of cutscenes. Mm-hmm. And some of them are just like... Okay, I don't care about riding in the sun. I don't know. I don't care about this guy at all, right? And then, yeah, I don't know. There's some weird stuff in there. But... But Riley, what, the we- what about the wedding? I, I don't want to like... I was going to say, you've got to give Kojima credit for wrapping the game, like for wrapping the series up so neatly with Metal Gear Solid 4. But then I realized, you know, you don't give him credit for it. He tangled it up in the beginning. Yeah, right. If you if you walk into my house and take a shit on the floor, I'm not going to give you credit for cleaning it up. Exactly. That's that's kind of <laughs> how it is, right? Yeah. No, look, it is a, it's, a, it's a seminal series. Um, I do recommend it. I do recommend it. But you do have to have patience for some pretty clunky dated gameplay. And look, in and Metal Gear Solid long One, cutscenes. in Metal Gear Solid One, it's fine. It's a it's a brand new uh, genre of game, and it's not like it, it annoyed me less in that game because the game is like from you know the eighteen hundreds or whatever. <laughs> yeah. In Metal Gear Solid Two, it was very tiresome, really, really tiresome. 
you know, because this this is at a t- this is at a point where Halo is out. This is at a point where games that where you can run and gun at the same time exist, mm-hmm. um, and you know you don't have fixed cameras and that sort of stuff. So that bothered me. But by the time you get to Metal, Metal Gear Solid three and four, they're just good games. Like they're good games and they're fun to play. And three in particular, like if you, you honestly could just play Metal Gear Solid three without playing any of the others and have a good time, I think is that that's a reasonable think- statement, right? Hundred percent. I think you definitely could. The bit that sold me on four, okay, was the final fight you have against Liquid. Yeah, and this when we talk about naval gazing, when we talk about fan yeah. service, tell them about this. Tell them about this fight, Dennis. So at the end of Metal Gear Solid Four, you are on top of a Metal Gear, ostensibly it's Arsenal Gear from just two. You Solid Snake fight what you believe the time to be Liquid Snake shirtless again, mm-hmm. and it makes the it gives you the health bars from Metal Gear Solid 1, and it plays the Metal Gear Solid 1 music, and then when you beat him, it does the same thing with the Metal Gear Solid 2 music. Second health and bar. Then, second health bar. Third health bar, it plays the Snake Eater theme, gives you the black and white ones, and mm-hmm. it says Ocelot, and it says Naked Big Boss, and you yep. fight, etc. It's so good. And then the fourth one, the fourth fight is just tired and sad. It's not even it's heroic just, by that end, yeah. No, it's pathetic. No, it's it really is. It has a, it has a real kind of like history of violence type th- feeling to it. It's like wow, this these are broken men. You know what this I mean? This is what it comes to. Yeah, yeah. You these know, two tired old men wailing on each other, and why? Yes, and that's and that's really yeah. There's there's stuff under the surface that is not even under the surface. Really, it's just shoved in your face a lot of the time. You know, the themes in it are, are very are very well done. For the most part, but <laughs> there's some stuff in there that's just like, man, this could have stayed on the edit. This could have stayed on the cutting room floor, man. This this did not need to be here. Um, like the wedding, like Drebin. Yeah, I was I was expecting the twist to revolve revolve, revolve around Drebin. There was this character that was introduced. Cut the monkey. Don't need the monkey, Dennis. <laughs> yeah, don't need the the diaper wearing naked soda, soda chugging monkey. Dennis Drebin just had a pet monkey that did nothing but smoked and drank and made made the cutscenes <laughs> even weirder than they already were. Sounds um, pretty great. I don't know. And the other thing I didn't like was again, the, if if I could remove one thing from Kojima's games, it would be the amount of importance he had tried to attach to bosses. Mm-hmm. Because every single mini boss has a fifteen minute death soliloquy, is tried to be built up as this like flawed complex character with all of these nuances to it it's like this is a 10 15 minute fight right i don't need to know this person's backstory they're trying to kill me that's enough right but in metal gear solid 4 just the same as one to to a lesser extent three um these back these these bosses were given these long laborious backs these like i just didn't need to know it man i didn't need to know it and it's not relevant and you don't care about it. Like, I, I started telling you to just skip them. It doesn't build the world anymore because these characters aren't in... Tr- like, when you find Big Mama, right? When you find... Much, what's her name? Machka Pluku? Machka Pluku. Also you, known as Big Mama. Also known as Eva. Also yeah. known as... Yeah. When you find her, right? That That is a very deft thread that has been woven through multiple episodes, right? And you're like, this, is a, this, this character makes sense in this context. Even Vamp, to a lesser extent, I don't really like Vamp. He had sort of the same kind of vibe, a boss that had not made, made no sense. But at least he was characterized. At least he had some substance to him, right? There were meat on those bones. The Beauty and the Beast, like the the the, the series of bosses that you fought in, in, in 4, like they were so inconsequential. I didn't care about where they'd come from. I didn't care about where they... Their shtick, like one of them was laughing, whatever, and she just laughs a bunch. And one of them was screaming, whatever, and she just screams a bunch. Like, I, this is... Come on. This is tiresome, man. The boss fights themselves, incredible. Incredible. Oh my goodness! 
Especially the, is it the octopus? The octopus one's really good, yeah. That's yeah. one of the best boss fights I've ever had. Um, but just leave it at that, Kojima. You don't need to go overboard with the backstory, with the child soldier stuff, with all that. Just leave it, man. You don't need it. Yeah. I mean, here's the real question, Riley. Go on. Is where, when are we getting the Phantom Pain? <laughs> are we going to play Metal Gear Solid 5? I mean, you've, you've said that Metal Gear Solid 5 is just a good game by itself, but also doesn't. It, yeah. It doesn't Gameplay, add, I think. No, it doesn't add anything to the story. No, it doesn't add anything that needs to be there. Uh, Gameplay-wise, it's just a fantastic game. I think you actually really like it. Yeah, maybe we'll play it. Like it's, it's just a really fun, shooty game. It's on PS Now. I'm playing Dishonored at the moment. Um, Good game, Brunt. Yeah. I, I don't... I remember finding it tiresome when I played it years ago, and I'm finding it tiresome in the same way this time. Like, the stealth mechanics just seem a little inconsistent and don't make a lot of sense sometimes. But um, I, I, I loved Dishonored 1. The, yeah. the art style gave me a headache after a while, though, to be honest. Yeah, it does look like a weird Pixar film. And um, then I hated Dishonored 2, even though it was just the same. All right. Well, I haven't played Dishonored 2, so I'm looking forward to playing that. But look, Metal Gear Solid is... If you've got like 100 hours, right, <laughs> that you want to put into a cultural franchise that will open your eyes to... You know, if you love video games, it is a series that I think you should play. If for nothing... I mean, the gameplay's good. The story's the story. Um, but if for nothing else, you should just play it for the 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 level of cultural enrichment you'll receive from playing one of the all time great um, series. You know, same. I'd recommend it for the same reason that I recommend Zelda. Some of the Zelda games are clunky and a bit of a slog sometimes. You know, and some of the Zelda games are cultural masterpieces that really do enrich your life. And I'd say that Metal Gear Solid and Zelda, even though they don't have a lot in common in terms of like theme setting, gameplay, whatever, they do have a lot of in common in terms of their cultural legacy. Do, does that make sense? If you like, what do you make of that statement? That MGS, MGS and Zelda have a lot in common. Uh, not a lot in common in terms of gameplay, or whatever, but, but they have a, a level of cultural significance that, that lends them. Yeah. I would say it's comparable. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Uh, their impact, like Zelda is to RPGs as MGS is to stealth action games. Not to RPGs, but to like action adventure games. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's a reasonable thing to say. Yeah. Like there is one seminal Metal Gear game iconic. you have yet to play, Riley. Go on, sorry. There's one Metal Gear Solid game I've yet to play. I'm sending you a picture of it now. What is it? Metal Gear Revengeance? Metal Gear Survival? Oh, no, that's actually a great game. Um, Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater. What is this on? Oh, this, is a pach- this is a pachinko slot machine. It's a slot machine. Oh. <laughs> that is a official licensed game with cutscenes. No. What? Yeah, you want to see the trailer? No, no, you're not getting me. I've done it, Dennis. I've done my time. I've played one through four. I said I was going to. I've done that. You're not suckering me back in, especially, especially Dennis. I have to admit machine. this, but Dennis did get me to play League with him this morning. Oh, that's true. I think Legend this morning. Yep. All right, I've sent you the trailer for the Pachinko Machine. All right, we'll watch it later, man. I'm not. We're not doing this live <laughs> on the podcast. We've made a viewer suffer enough. Suffer enough. Anyway, <laughs> Metal Gear Solid would recommend if you've got a mate who is into it, like I have, Dennis. Get them on the get them on the Discord call to play it with you. Um, mm-hmm. Have the wiki up on your second monitor on your phone because some some puzzles are just not worth solving. Like there's some stuff that Dennis is like, just go here, just do this. Yeah. Like, um, having to walk halfway across the map to get to the sniper rifle again. Don't do that to us. Come on, Kojima. We don't need that. Um, but uh, no, play it and you'll you'll be culturally enriched. So there you go. Metal Gear Solid done. We did it. We did it. Age hasn't slowed you down one bit. Sorry to keep you waiting. Colonel. Colonel. 
right, we're done. Wrap <laughs> it up, Dennis. Think. Let's go. All right. Thank you, everybody, for watching and be in, maybe enduring is more accurate for this um, episode of Scram Your River. Yes. I've been Dennis. You've been writing. Thanks to Channel Fireball. Thanks to not joking, Greg, whoever, whoever made the loyalty, royalty-free yes. music. Thank you for to this. Sexy Royalty-Free Music Studio. Uh, wow. For the theme song of this one. it's a, it, You can find it on YouTube. It just looks like the intro to a pornog. So <laughs> just be careful who's in the room with you when you're watching it because it does just look like, you know, a, a tasteful opening to a to a prime bit of pornog there. Mm-hmm. And, and until next week, stay sexy, cheese bags. <laughs> <laughs>